Chapter Eleven of By Pike and Dyke: A Tale of the Rise of the Dutch Republic. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. By Pike and Dyke by G. A. Henty. Chapter Eleven: Saving a Victim. Ned slept for some hours. When he woke, he heard the landlord talking in loud tones in the passage outside. I tell you, wife, it is a burning shame. Meneer von Bost has never done a soul harm in his life. He has always been ready to open his purse strings in case of distress. He is a man that does not meddle in any way with politics. It is true that he does not go to mass, but that hurts no one, and there is many a ne'er-do-well in the village who never darkens the church door. If he prefers to pray in his own house and in his own way, what matter is it to any one? His cloth mill gives employment to half the village what we shall do if it is shut up i am sure i don't know but what do they care for the village mynheer von bost is a protestant and a rich man that is quite enough for the blood council so he and his pretty young wife are to be dragged off and executed what is that ned asked opening the door can't the blood council even leave your quiet village alone they can leave nothing alone the landlord said bitterly an hour ago four of their officials rode up under one of the agents of the council a squint-eyed villain they stopped at the door and asked for the house of mynheer von bost and then rode off and half an hour afterwards one of the servants ran down into the village with the news that her master and mistress had been arrested and that they were to be taken to antwerp to be executed for that as it seems they had already been tried without their knowing anything about it ned started when he heard the landlord describe the leader of the party this then accounted for genet's presence at antwerp he had been sent from brussels to arrest this cloth manufacturer he had evidently succeeded in establishing his identity late in the evening or at early morning and guessing that ned would have ridden on without loss of time after setting the soldiers on to assault him had proceeded to carry out the mission with which he was charged the villagers would tear the villain limb from limb if they dared the landlord went on why don't they dare ned asked why why because we should be having a troop of soldiers down here in twenty-four hours and the village would be burnt and every man in it and woman too put to death no no sir the people here would do a good deal for mynheer von bost and his wife but they won't risk everything would they risk anything do you think ned asked are there half a dozen men in the village do you think who would strike a blow for their master if they could do it without running the risk you speak of the landlord looked at him sharply this is not the time young sir for men to speak before strangers about matters which may put their neck in danger you are right ned said and i do not blame you for being discreet i know this cross-eyed man you speak of and know that he is the secretary of one of the most cruel and bloody of the council and it was but yesterday that i escaped from his hands almost by a miracle and i would now if i could baffle the villain again i suppose they are still at his house they are they have ordered breakfast to be prepared for them and it may be another hour before they set out my plan is this then ned said if i could get half a dozen determined men to join me we would go back along the road towards antwerp three miles or so and lie in wait until they came along and then rescue their prisoners from them if we could get a horse for the man to ride with his wife behind him all the better we could pretend to be robbers there are plenty of starving peasants that have been driven to that and if we attack them three miles away they would have no suspicion that the people of the village had any hand in it 
i will see about that the landlord said warmly when my son-in-law's little house was burnt down last winter mynheer von bost advanced him money to rebuild it and charged no interest he lives but a quarter of a mile out of the village and i think he will be your man and would be able to lay his hands on the others i will run over to him and be back in a quarter of an hour in the meantime ned ordered his horse to be saddled and when the landlord returned he was ready to start my son-in-law will join you he said he has two brothers whom he will bring with him they both work in von bost's factory he bids me tell you to go on for two miles and to stop where the first road comes in on the right-hand side they will join you there and will then go on with you as far as you may think fit they have got guns so you can lie in ambush he will bring a horse with him with a pillion he could have got more men but he thinks the fewer to know the secret the better as there may be inquiries here and in these days none can trust his own neighbor and now farewell young sir i know not who you are but you must have a good heart to venture your life in a quarrel for people of whom you know nothing i am a protestant myself landlord and i have had uncles and other relations murdered by the blood council moreover i have a special feud with the chief of these villains so saying ned shook the landlord's hand and rode off he halted when he came to the point indicated in less than half an hour he saw three men coming from the other direction as one of them was leading a horse he at once rode on to meet them we have made a detour through the fields the young man leading the horse said it would not have done for any one in the village to have seen us journeying this way quite right ned agreed there are babblers everywhere and the fewer who know aught of a matter like this the better now where had we best ambuscade there is a little wood by the roadside half a mile on and we had best move there at once for they may be along at any time now two of the men were armed with muskets and all three carried flails they moved briskly forward until they got to the woods you had best fasten up the horse among the trees ned said and then take your station close to the road i will ride out from the trees as i come up and engage them in talk so that you and your brother can take a steady aim don't fire until you are sure of each bringing down a man then rush out and engage them with your flails i will answer for their leader myself we won't miss them never fear young sir we have too much practice at the ducks in the winter to miss such a mark as that after seeing the horse tied up and the men take their stations behind trees ned went a few yards further and then waited the coming of the party with the prisoners he had not a shadow of compunction at the fate that was about to befall these officials they had hauled away hundreds to the gallows and the animosity that prevailed between the two parties was so intense that neither thought of sparing the other if they fell into their hands as for genet ned felt that his own life would not be safe as long as this man lived he might for aught he knew have other missions of the same nature as that he had just fulfilled and he felt sure that whatever disguise he might adopt this man would detect him did they meet and in that case not only his own life but that of many others might be sacrificed in about ten minutes the sound of horses hoofs was heard ned waited till they came within a few paces and then suddenly rode out from the wood genet who was riding ahead of the others reined in his horse suddenly what are you doing fellow he began angrily riding out thus suddenly upon us then his voice changed as he recognized ned what is it you again he exclaimed this time at least you shall not escape me 
he drew a pistol and fired ned was equally quick and the two shots rang out together ned's cap flew from his head the bullet just grazing his skin while genet fell forward on his saddle and rolled to the ground shot through the heart almost at the same instant two guns were discharged from the wood and two of the officials fell the other two behind whom the prisoners were strapped set spurs to their horses but ned rode in front of them and the men dashing from the trees seized the reins surrender ned shouted or you are dead men the two officers shouted lustily that they surrendered but ned had the greatest difficulty from preventing their assailants from knocking out their brains with their flails there is no plunder to be obtained from them comrades he said loudly they are only poor knaves riding behind the master get them off their horses and strap their hands with their own belts and toss them in among the trees but you can search their pockets before you do so i will see what their leader has got upon him as soon as the two prisoners were dragged away ned addressed mynheer von bost who with his wife was standing almost bewildered by the sudden event that had freed them this is no robbery mynheer but a rescue we have a horse and pillion here in the wood in readiness for you and i should advise you to ride at once with your wife for sluis or some other seaport and thence take ship either into holland or to england your lives will assuredly be forfeited if you remain here but who are you sir and who has done us this great service i am serving under the prince of orange ned replied and have been doing business for him at brussels i have twice narrowly escaped with my life from the hands of the leader of that party and was in the village when they arrived and seized you finding how deep was the regret that so kind a master should be thus led away to execution i determined if possible to save you and with the aid of these three men two of whom are workmen of yours and the other a farmer you befriended last year when his house was burnt down we have succeeded in doing so the three men now came out of the wood my brave fellows the manufacturer said i and my wife owe our lives to you and to this gentleman you are heartily welcome sir the young farmer said you have saved me from ruin and one good turn deserves another i and my brothers were only too glad to join when we heard that this gentleman was determined to try to release you if it had not been for him it would never have entered our heads till it was too late may i ask your name sir von bost said to ned my wife and i would like to know to whom we owe a lifelong debt of gratitude i will take your advice and ride at once for slurs i have many friends there who will conceal us and get us on board a ship my arrangements have long been made for departure and my capital transferred to england but i thought i should have had sufficient notice of danger to take flight where can i hear of you sir my name is edward martin my father is an english captain who lives at rotherhithe close by london at present as i said i am in the service of the prince of orange but my home is still in england and now sir i think you had best be riding at once i presume that there are by-roads by which you can avoid passing through any towns on your way to sluis it is better not to delay a minute for at any moment some party or other of soldiers may come along the men had by this time brought out the horse von bost mounted and his wife was assisted on to the pillion behind him good-bye good friends he said god grant that no harm come to you for this kind deed the moment he had ridden off ned and his companions lifted the bodies of the three men who had fallen and carried them into the wood we had best turn their pockets inside out ned said and take away everything of value upon them this fellow has a well-lined purse the young farmer said as he examined the pocket of genet and here are a bundle of papers and his doublet 
give me the papers ned said they may be useful to me and doubtless they contain lists of other victims whom i may be able to send warning to in time for them to escape what shall we do about the horses i would take off the saddles bridles and accoutrements throw them into a ditch together with the men's arms and pile a few bushes over them then drive the horses across the fields till they reach some grazing ground near the river the farmers there will doubtless appropriate them in time now as to these two prisoners they are the only trouble you need not trouble about them the farmer said we have made them safe we are not going to risk our lives and those of our wives and families as we should have done if we had left those fellows alive to identify us there is sure to be a search sooner or later and those two men would have led the party to every house within miles round and would have been sure to recognize one or other of us we are ready to risk our lives to save mynheer von bost but we are not willing to throw them away needlessly ned could hardly blame the men who had indeed stabbed their captives the instant they dragged them among the trees for doubtless the risk they would have run of detection would have been great had they permitted them to live they had now only to regain their village without observation and to keep their own secret to be free from all risk whatever putting genet's papers in his doublet ned again mounted his horse and rode off two hours later he reached st nicholas he could now have ridden straight on to bergen op zoom the port at which he hoped to be able to find a boat but he thought that genet's papers might contain matters upon which it might be necessary for him to act at once he had now no fear of detection for with the death of genet all search for himself would be at an end putting up his horse at an inn he ordered a meal to be prepared at once and calling for a flask of wine in the meantime sat down at a table in the corner of the great parlor and examined the papers first there was a list of twelve names among whom was that of von bost one of these as well as that of the manufacturer had been crossed out with them were official documents ordering the arrest of the persons named together in most cases with that of their wives and one or more members of their family besides these was a document with the seal of the council ordering all magistrates and others to render every assistance required by the bearer in carrying out the duties with which he was charged then there was a long list of persons resident in st nicholas slurs and axel against whom denunciations of heresy or of suspected disloyalty to philip had been laid there was a note at the bottom of this list inquire into the condition of life and probable means of each of these suspected persons it is somewhat lucky for all these people ned said to himself that i happened to fall in with mynheer genet the question now is how to warn them i see there are three orders of arrest against people here and ten names on the suspected list at any rate i can warn them myself as soon as he had finished his meal ned inquired the addresses of the three persons ordered to be arrested they were all as he had expected leading men in the place for it was the confiscation of the goods of the victims quite as much as any question of religion or loyalty that was at the bottom of a large proportion of the arrests and executions the first ned called upon was like von bost a cloth manufacturer he was rather a pompous man and when ned was shown in said now young man my time is valuable so let us have no useless talking what is it you want your time perhaps is more valuable than you think ned said quietly seeing that you have not got much of it left what do you mean sir the manufacturer said angrily 
i mean simply this ned replied that i am the bearer of an order of the council for your arrest and that of your wife your son ernest and your daughter mary upon the charge of having been present and taken part in a meeting of the people of this town at which words of treasonable character were uttered moreover there is a note at the bottom of this order saying that these charges have been proved to the satisfaction of the council and that you are accordingly to be executed upon your arrival at antwerp the necessary orders having been transmitted to the governor of the prison there the manufacturer sank down in a chair the picture of terror i have done no harm he stammered i knew not when i went to the meeting what was going to be said there what matters that ned asked you have been tried and condemned and one or other of the council has doubtless obtained the grant of your property well sir i will not frighten you longer this is the document in question but fortunately i am not the person charged with this execution i met him on the way and there was a disagreement between us and the result is that he will execute no more orders and his papers fell into my hands it may be some days before he is missed and then doubtless someone else will be charged to carry out the orders of which he was the bearer this will give you time to make preparations for flight and i should advise you before eight and forty hours are over to be on your way towards the frontier of germany or on board a ship at one of the ports i will hand you this document in order that you may convince your wife and family of the danger that you are all running and of the urgent need of haste ned left at once before the man who was almost stupefied by the misfortune that had befallen him had time to utter his thanks he then called on the other two men against whom he bore orders of arrest as both received him with greater courtesy than that shown by the first he had visited he broke the news more gently to them and discussed with them the manner in which they had best make their escape one he found had friends and business connections in slurs and doubted not that he could obtain passage there to holland or england while the other had similar connections in axel ned handed over to them the orders for the arrest of burghers of those towns and these they gave him their promise to deliver and also either to see or to send letters warning all the persons who were mentioned in the list of suspected as he was anxious to get on as soon as possible he also gave them the list of the suspected at st nicholas and these they promised also to warn both were profuse in their gratitude to him for having saved them from certain death having thus concluded his business ned again mounted his horse and rode for bergen op zoom the port at which he intended if possible to embark for zeeland bergen op zoom an important town lay half a mile distant from the scheldt and was connected with the river by a channel guarded by two forts there had been a strong spanish garrison here but it had lately been weakened by the withdrawal of a large detachment to take part in the successful enterprise undertaken for the relief of tergus in the island of beveland which was besieged by a force from flushing ned had frequently been at bergen op zoom in the good venture and knew that while the magistrates and wealthier citizens were devoted to the spanish cause the greater portion of the inhabitants especially the seafaring class were patriots to a man he therefore went to a small inn by the waterside where he had several times taken meals with his father when the ship was lying off from the river seeing his horse put up in the stable he entered the tap-room the sailors drinking there looked somewhat surprised at the entrance of one differing much in appearance from the ordinary customers of the place the landlord who was leaning against his counter did not advance to meet him for strangers were by no means popular and a suspicion that the newcomer was a spy would speedily empty his house as ned approached him he suddenly started and was about to speak when the lad quickly placed his finger on his lip 
he feared that the landlord was about to utter his name and there might for aught he knew be some one there who would report it how are you landlord he said it is some time since i was here last and i think you had almost forgotten me the landlord took the hint yes indeed he said and how is your father i have not seen him lately and heard he was not well no he has been laid up for some time but he is mending you see i have taken service ah i see the landlord said well my good wife will be glad to see you and hear about your family so saying he led the way into a private room why what means this master martin he asked we heard here of the brave fight your father's ship made some two months since with a spaniard in the zuyder zee and that he was sorely wounded but what means this masquerading surely you have not given up the sea only for the present ned replied you know i am dutch on my mother's side all her family have been murdered by the spaniards and what with that and my father being attacked and wounded i made up my mind to give up the sea for a time and to help the good cause as much as i could i have been carrying a message to brussels and want now to get back to rotterdam or some other seaport town how had i best do it it is not easy the landlord replied our trade is stopped here now the rivers swarm with craft manned some by the beggars of the sea and others by fishermen and the spanish ships cannot come up save in great force we have two or three of their warships here which go out and skirmish with our men and do not always get the best of it our people did badly the other night when they let the spaniards wade across to tergus that was a bad business but about your getting away let me see how it can be managed i have got a horse here that is bad the landlord said you could put on sailors clothes and in the morning when i send in my guest list to the magistrate i could put down that you had gone but the horse would betray me is it a good beast yes it is a very good horse it was a present to me and i don't like parting with it but of course i cannot take it away i will send round to a man i know who deals in horses he is one who will hold his tongue especially when he sees an advantage in it i will tell him it belonged to a man who has been here and gone away suddenly and ask him what he will give for it and take it quietly away after it gets dark to his own stables and ask no questions about it he will guess it belonged to somebody who has left secretly of course he won't give more than half the value of the animal but i suppose you will not be particular about terms anyhow i will do the best i can for you when he is once out of the stables they may come and question as much as they like but they will get nothing out of me beyond the fact that a young man came here put up his horse stayed the night and left in the morning i suppose they have no special interest in you so as to lead them to make a close inquiry none at all ned replied that is settled then the landlord said now as to yourself two of my sons are at sea you know and i can rig you up with some of their clothes so that you can stroll about on the wharves and no one will suspect you of being anything but a fisherman then i will try and arrange with some of the sailors to take you down in a boat at night and either put you on board the first of our craft they come upon or land you at flushing now i will take you into my wife and she will see about getting you a meal and making you comfortable later on the landlord came in and said that he had made a bargain for the horse the beast is worth thirty crowns he said but he will not give more than fifteen and it required a good deal of bargaining to raise him to that of course he suspected that there was something out of the way about the affair and took advantage of it that will do very well indeed ned said i did not expect to get anything for it i have been having a talk too with some of the sailors belonging to a small craft lying at the wharf they are most anxious to be off for they are idle 
the order that no boats were to leave was issued just after they came in they have been six days doing nothing and may for aught they see be kept here for another six months they have been afraid to try to get away for there are sentries all along the wall to see that none try to put out and some guard boats from the spanish ships rowing backwards and forwards outside the port both to see that no ships leave and that none come up to harm the shipping still they say they have been making up their minds that they may as well stand the risk of being shot by the spaniards as the certainty of being starved here besides they are patriots and know that their boats may be wanted at any time for the conveyance of troops so when i told them that i doubted not that you would pay them well for landing you at flushing they agreed to make the attempt and will try to-night as soon as you have had your breakfast you had better join them in the tap-room go out with them through the water-gate and get on board their craft and lie snug there till night how many men are there ned asked there are six altogether but only two will be up here presently here are the fifteen crowns for your horse that will do well to pay your passage to flushing as soon as he had eaten his breakfast ned now dressed as a young fisherman went into the tap-room with the landlord two sailors were sitting there this is the young fellow that i was speaking to you about the landlord said he is one of us and heart and soul in the cause and young though he looks has done good service he is ready to pay you fifteen crowns when you land him at flushing that is a bargain one of the men said and will pay us for the week we have lost here i should take you for a sailor young sir i am a sailor ned said and can lend a hand on board if need be can you swim because if we are overhauled by the spaniards we shall all take to the water rather than fall into their hands yes i can swim ned said and agree with you that i would rather swim than be captured but if it is only a boatload that overhauls us i would try to beat them off before giving up a craft in which i had a share the sailors looked rather doubtfully at the lad and their expression showed that they thought he was talking boastfully he means what he says the landlord put in he is the son of the english captain who beat off the great spanish ship don pedro in the zydozee a few weeks ago the men's faces changed and both got up and shook hands cordially with ned that was a brave affair young sir and there is not a town in holland where your father's name is not spoken of in honor we know the ship well and have helped load her before now and now we know who you are recognize your face no wonder you want to get out of bergen opzoom why if i had known it had been you we would have been glad enough to take you to flushing without charging you a penny and will do so now will we not comrades if it presses you in any way to pay us not at all ned said i am well supplied with money and since you are risking your boat as well as your lives it is only fair that i should pay my share i can afford the fifteen crowns well enough and indeed it is but the price of a horse that was given me well if it will not hurt you we will say no more about it the sailor replied seeing that we have had a bad time of it lately and have scarce money enough left between us to victual us until we get home but had it been otherwise we would have starved for a week rather than had it said that we made hard terms with the son of the brave captain martin when he was trying to escape from the hands of the spaniards now lads you had better be off at once the landlord interrupted it is time i sent in my report to the town hall and like enough men will be down here asking questions soon after so it were best that master martin were on board your craft at once good-bye young sir tell your worthy father that i am glad indeed to have been able to be of some slight service to his son and i trust that it will not be very long before we see the last of the spaniards and that we shall then have his ship alongside the wharves again 
ned shook hands heartily with the landlord who had refused to accept any payment whatever from him and then started with the two sailors they made their way down to the inner haven and then went on board the boat a craft of about ten tons burden which was lying alongside the wharves had a strange and deserted appearance when ned had last been there some fifty or sixty vessels of different sizes had been lying alongside discharging or taking in cargo while many others lay more out in the stream now there were only a dozen boats of about the same size as that on which they embarked all like it arrested by the sudden order that no vessels should leave the port there were no large merchantmen among them for trade had altogether ceased save when a strong convoy of french spanish or german ships arrived for with flushing in the hands of the patriots and the sea swarming with the craft of the beggars foreign vessels bound for ports in the hands of the spaniards did not dare singly to approach the mouth of the Skelt. ned received a hearty welcome from the other sailors when they learned from their skipper and his companion who he was and before he had been ten minutes on board they asked him to give them the full details of the fight off enkhausen and how it was that the spaniards thus interfered with an english ship ned told them the story and the sailors when he had finished had each some tale to tell of oppression and cruelty to friends or relatives on the part of the spaniards when they had finished their midday meal which was the heartiest the sailors had enjoyed for some days for the landlord when making the bargain had paid them five crowns in advance and the empty larder had been accordingly replenished the skipper said to ned i think that it will be just as well you did something in case the magistrates should take it into their heads to send down to search the craft along the wharves the landlord said that they might make inquiries as to what had become of the man who stayed last night at his inn you may be sure he did not put down in his guest list a description which would help them much in their search for you should they make one still they keep a pretty sharp lookout over us and if they search at all are likely to come to try here to begin with i am quite ready to do anything you may set me to ned said then we will get the boat out and row off and bait our hooks and try for fish we have caught a few every day since we have been here and indeed if it were not for the fish the men in most of the boats here would be starving that will do capitally ned said anyhow it will be an amusement to me the boat was pulled up alongside ned and four of the men got into it and rowed down the port into the old haven and out between the two forts guarding the entrance into the skelt then dropping their grapnel baited some lines and began to fish as boats from all the other craft lying by the shore were engaged in the same work either with line or net this was natural enough and they did not return until evening was falling by which time they had captured a considerable number of fish we have had more luck than we have had all the week one of the men said as they rowed back sometimes we have only got just enough for ourselves to-day when we don't want them we have caught enough to sell for two or three guilders for fish are scarce now in the town and fetch good prices however they will come in handy for our voyage when they came alongside the skipper told them that three hours before two of the city constables had come along and had inquired of him whether he had seen aught of a tall man of some thirty years of age dressed in sober clothes and with the appearance of a retainer in some good family he had assured them that he had seen none at all answering that description and indeed that no one beside himself and his crew had been on the wharf that day they had nevertheless come on board and searched the cabin but finding nothing suspicious and hearing that the rest of the crew four men and a boy were engaged in fishing they had gone off without further question where do the guard boats ply ned asked presently 
a mile or two above the forts and as much below for you see vessels can come up either passage from the sea it is the longest round by volcarin but far easier and freer from sandbanks vessels from the west generally take the volcarin passage but those from the east and coasters who know every foot of the river come by the eastern skelt which way do you think of going that by flushing if we have the choice we pass several towns in the possession of the spaniards and were the beggars to come up they would probably take the other channel and i have noticed that there are always two rowboats in the river to the east and only one to the west our greatest difficulty will be in passing the two warships anchored at the mouth of the port under the guns of the forts once fairly out into the skelt we may think ourselves safe for the river is so wide that unless by grievous ill chance we are not likely to be seen on a dark night such as this will be by the rowboats our real danger is in getting through the two forts and the ships at the mouth of this port there is a vigilant watch kept at the forts but there are not likely to be any sentries placed on the walls at the entrance of this inner haven or on that running along by old haven down to the forts we will start as soon as the tide turns and drift down with it we will get out a pole or two to keep our course down the centre till we get near the forts and must then let her drift as she will for a splash in the water or the slightest sound would call the attention of the sentries there and if the alarm were given the boats of the two ships outside would have us to a certainty i think the night is going to be most favourable the clouds are low and i have felt a speck or two of mist it will come on faster presently and it will want keen eyes to see five yards away when the night falls luckily there is not a breath of wind at present and i hope there will not be until we are fairly out otherwise we should be sure to drift ashore on one side or the other as we go down the channel End of chapter eleven